Do you dread tax time because you haven't saved enough for taxes? Are you totally confused and lost about your business finances? Do you worry that you'll never be able to retire or save for your kid's college education? If you bury your head in the sand because you think you'll never be a money person, I want to let you in on a huge secret. All you need to manage your private practice finances are a simple series of skills that you can learn. After all, you already did the hard work of graduating from college, becoming a therapist, and starting your private practice. Hi, I'm Lindsay Bonham. I'm a therapist turned money coach and the creator of Money Skills for Therapists. I've helped hundreds of therapists just like you develop peace of mind about their money. I invite you to watch my free masterclass where I teach my four-step framework to get your business finances totally in order. In the masterclass, I cover the three biggest mistakes that therapists make that keep them from getting clarity on their private practice finances, the secret that most accountants don't want you to know, and why working with your mindset and emotions is essential to changing your patterns with money. This masterclass is for therapists and health practitioners who are running or about to start a private practice. It is the first step in learning about my signature course, Money Skills for Therapists. Register today with the link in the show notes to take the first step to go from money confusion, anxiety, and shame to feeling clear and empowered about your money. I look forward to supporting you. Getting through your program helped me get through money feeling overwhelming to like, I can do this. That enabled me to get through the battle with insurance companies and changing my EIN and getting off some insurance companies and them just like dropping clients on the blue. And I was able to feel like I don't have to feel overwhelmed by this. I can do this. That experience of experiencing that through your program is what helped me be able to do that in other settings too, which has been really, really huge. Welcome to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast, where we answer this question. How can therapists and health practitioners go from money shame and confusion to feeling calm and confident about their finances and get money really working for them in both their private practice and their lives? I'm your host, Lindsay Bonham, therapist turned money coach and creator of the course Money Skills for Therapists. Hello, and welcome back to the Money Skills for Therapists podcast. So today's podcast episode in all transparency was supposed to be a coaching episode. Um, but when graduate Catherine Quaring came on and we started talking about where she's at and kind of her next steps and the things that she wanted to dig into, it quickly shifted into a conversation about her transformation and what has happened with her about money that has enabled her to get to where she is now. So today's podcast is actually a Money Stories interview uh, with therapist Catherine Quiring. Catherine is a mental health counselor in Pensacola, Florida. She specializes in helping people come home to themselves, trust themselves, and live fulfilling lives. And that is very much what we start to talk about today and what I got from Catherine as we were interviewing her about her experience with going from feeling really tight and guilty and scarce around money to where she is now of feeling grounded and starting to expand. She talks about how doing her money work allowed her to make more in her practice, expand the time that she has with her kids and the time that she has for herself, and now has actually created the grounding for her to expand beyond therapy into coaching ex-evangelicals to come home to themselves as she has. It's a 
very rich conversation, uh, exploring what money means for us emotionally, as therapists and the way that we show up in the room, but also as people in our lives and what doing our work around money starts to open up in terms of possibilities about who we are and what is possible for us. Here is my interview with Catherine Quiring. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lindsay. Nice to be here. So Catherine, you are a grad of Money Skills for Therapists and yep. you did the program. How long ago now did we work together? I don't like, even remember like, the days roll together. Time? I have little kids, <laughs> but you know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> two years ago. Year I was going to say two ago. years ago. I think it was like yeah. January. So like a year and a half ago, I guess. It was ago, 21. I guess. Yes. January, 2021. I right. do remember. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we worked together back at that time and I'm curious before we did that work together, what were kind of the stories that you were caring about money? What did you believe about money going back to January, 2021? I definitely thought it was something you shouldn't talk about. The whole weird place to feel guilty if you have too much, right. but also don't be in a place of scarcity because that's really painful and hard. So you're kind of bouncing back in the, like, in the middle and how do you achieve that? And how do you find enough space for yourself to exist. So, I mean, in my career, I was in social service, right? I was in like really low paying jobs, extremely low paying jobs, really high pressure, lots of hours. And I loved it. And I was able to do that at that point, but I was able to do that right out of college because my parents had saved money for my college education. So I didn't okay. have to have a loan. Right. You didn't have debt. So yeah. I was able to be like, it's okay if I only make a little bit of money sure. in the year and I'm going to be okay. So that helped me. My my parents had done a good job of saving money and prioritized education. I don't know that we talked about money a whole lot growing up. It wasn't like getting an allowance and saving money and that kind of thing. And I tended to be a hoarder. Yes. So as far as my, like, I t- like, I remember I, I would save all my stickers or I'd save all my Halloween candy <laughs> right. and I wouldn't yes. want to eat it because then it'd be gone. So, yes, but all of my, like everything else was provided for. And it was so hard when I went, when I was out of college. And I think mostly when I went back to grad school, because I didn't have like an even well-paying job, right. You're like, it, there's not much at all during grad school and like working at Starbucks for like a few hours a week. And I had all sorts of health complications at that point, like 15 years of like trying to figure out what was going on. And so there was just a lot of desperation and scarcity feeling then. Like I knew I had a safety net, like my parents would like, you know, if something bad happened, I had a safety net and I've always felt that way. And honestly, I think that's part of what's enabled me to like launch into new things. Cause I've always felt like it's okay. I have a safety net. (laughs) Totally. I mean, that, that privilege is huge. Yeah. Yes. It is huge. Yes. Right. Cause I've always felt like I have a sex, I have a safety net. If something doesn't work, it's okay. Even though there's a lot of stress around it, but yeah, I was definitely in this place of, well, I don't want to make too much. Like you can't be those people. Right. And you, but like, I, I can't just keep scraping by. I mean, things changed for me as career wise when I had kids because And I had just come out of an agency that I didn't like working with and we were moving and it was just like, okay, it's time for change. And I was so like, I was all on board. Like I'm doing private practice. This is great. My husband was like concerned because he was the primary breadwinner and it took a while to build it up. Right. So that was a lot to ask of him. And he's been really grateful now because my private practice is doing really, really well. 
but yeah, I, <laughs> because I'm a therapist, I love working through money stories. That's a lot easier than working through the actual like nitty gritty of finances. Right. It's yes. a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've like binged on uh, Tiffany McLean's podcast, yes. right? Yes, yes. For like all of the the money stories and money mindset kind of stuff and just yeah. eat that up. Yeah. And that's the first thing that got mm. me thinking about my rates because I started out just doing the thing most people do. And like, what is everybody here yeah, charging? Look around, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm going to charge. And so I set it at a hundred to start. And then everybody would try to talk me down, like would always want sliding scale from that. And when I changed it, from listening to Tiffany's podcast to 125, nobody tried to talk me down anymore. Interesting. That's good. Great. Huh. Okay. So you crossed a line out of like the uh, bargain hunters kind of yes. pay like range. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Part of that may have also been because I was renting space from a nonprofit, right? So that like the people who were already like around sure. that yes. space that I was renting would have needed lower income, yeah. right? Low, like sense. support. So, I mean, that complicated that, but yes, it made a big difference. There was something about that 125. And so like, I think psychologically, the way that money comes across to people is really important. Right. And like, it, it just felt like that was such a big difference, even though it was only a minor difference right. for me pay wise at that point, because yes. I was still building. Yeah. It was such a huge difference. So as far as like yeah. me being an expert that's worth yes. that money. Right. So I'm hearing like with that mindset, like you binge Tiffany McLean's the money sessions, which recommend. We, we love Tiffany. So, great. Around here. Yes. so I'm hearing that that helped with mindset shift, but there was still this like actual, you mentioned like the actual finance, right. like the gritty financial pieces yes. that were, yes. what was happening with those at that time when you had like already raised your fee, what was happening with your actual financial systems or management? So I feel like across the board in my life, that was not as great as it had been in the past once I had a child. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I started my practice four or five months before I had my first child because we just moved. So like, I mean, there was really nothing else time wise to do about that. But it gave me time to like really be able to research and start my practice, even though I wasn't making much that year. And so where I used to record everything I would buy personally as well, that kind of went out the window because there wasn't time. You just, you're, you're in and out. It isn't like put a note on your phone about what you, yes. what you paid. And because our finances were different with my husband, he is a money guru and, or like, he just loves accounting and planning and yes. spreadsheets, spreadsheets and like yes. figuring out like the best combination of things with accounts. And, <laughs> and so it gets really overwhelming to me. So I had this kind of combination of those things happening where before, like, I knew how to keep track of it for me, just mm -hmm. for myself. And without yeah. like the complication of like pressure on my time with a child or a baby at that point. So I didn't have enough knowledge of that. I started out with a ledger right? Like started with a spreadsheet, just ledger of my clients. And yes. then I ended up going to like an EHR and using simple practice. And that helped with you. And that was like a learning curve. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't understand how you're putting the numbers in here and, you know, figured that out. So it's all been a huge learning curve. Oh, yeah. um, and then yeah. once it was like, okay, I'm full, but this is still not working for me at my current rate or yes. with how much I'm working. Yeah. You know, I had some miscarriages in there. There was COVID and quarantine and then like being exhausted, being pregnant. And so like, there were just so many things that was like, lifestyle just kept having to change, right? Like I just kept having to update mm -hmm. things based on what I needed so that I yeah. could have a pretty good life, right? Like yeah. so that I could be present for my kids. I could have yes. some energy. Yes. I can be present for my clients. That was one of the biggest things I got out of Tiffany's mindset stuff was that I'm going to be a better therapist mm -hmm. if I'm paid well and if I am present. 
And if I really like want to be there and my time is valued and I felt like really valued in my first job at working in a residential center, even though I didn't make very much, I felt very valued. And then I was at an agency for not very long before we moved and I didn't feel valued. I just felt like this is all about like how much money can you make? And I was seeing like 38 clients a week and I was awful. I hated it. Inconceivable (sighs) to me. Like I don't understand how that works. It was awful. So I was just in a daze. Like I like there were a few clients I really felt like I connected with. I'm sure I helped people, but like I just was like constantly in a daze, like yeah. just trying to survive. And so I was like, I know I do not want that anymore. And so that's why I decided to do private practice. Yes. And anytime I start feeling like it's too much, like I know what that feels like inside. And then I'm like, okay, something has to shift. Right. Schedule, yes. how much I'm charging, what insurances I'm taking, and how much they pay, you know. So I've been like progressively just like shedding insurances. And raising my rate, (laughs) working fewer hours. Like I worked a lot more when I had my first child than I do now with two kids. Like I, I take Mondays off because I, the weekends are really busy. And so like Mondays are my day to just like, I need to rest and it cannot be appointment days. It cannot be take care of all the little things that has to be Catherine rest time. And like, that is so huge mm-hmm. and really protecting that or fun time. It really just needs to be more fun time. Yes, um, that's good too. So I go yes. paddleboarding and kayaking and go to Zumba nice. and stuff like that. And then Tuesday through Friday, at this point, I work 10 to four, four thirty. Okay. So I can have time with my kids in the morning and then I can hopefully exercise or cook dinner or something in the evening. That's shifting because my daughter is going to have to go to school earlier pretty soon. So we're moving things around for that. And I'm taking a day off to work on up-leveling now because I'm doing Megan Meganson's spotlight program starting next week. So that's shifting things too, but that's been made possible because of these changes. Like I, I made the biggest change in your program when I went from charging 125 to 175, because I did the salary play sheet and I was like, 150 doesn't cut it. Like there is no dent in any of the numbers. If I do 150, like the numbers are so important and having a way to look at them. Mm -hmm. that wasn't just overwhelming of like, I'm just trying to plug in this and that. And like, I I was trying to do that all the time with spreadsheets before that. And it was just overwhelming because I didn't have the right tools to do it. So like you gave me the tools and the confidence and like the way to work through that. So I have good systems. And what I love with that is, is hearing Catherine, how like you, I mean, it sounds like intuitively you were already shifting things probably before you took money skills. Is that fair to say? Yes. Right. But now you also have like this clarity and information to make like really informed shifts. I had the numbers then, right? Like before it was just mindset shift, just what feels right. Yes. (laughs) Right. Not like I also then had the numbers. Yeah. And what I love about that is I think so often I I see some of this in myself sometimes, and I certainly see it in, in folks around me too, is sometimes I think we, we feel like we have to do it now, you know, like it has mm-hmm. to happen now, like I have to make my money now. But when you have like little kids at home, that's like such a specific chapter of life. And right. I'm, I'm really starting to come to think about money and work and our time in terms of chapters, right? Like different yeah. things will make sense in different chapters. When you have a right. newborn at home, different things make sense that when that kid needs to be at school at a certain time, right. that's a shift that happens, which is going to be different when they're actually all in like public school. And then maybe they actually get out earlier than they did before. Like our schedules need to shift, you know, depending on kind of the roles that we want to play as parents, but also our fees might need to shift to keep the money working within those schedule changes or as things become more expensive because our kids are doing X, Y, Z that suddenly adds like, you know, in, in my family, my son's preschool is $1,300 a month. 
Like that's significant. That's real. Yeah, right. Like uh-huh. I used to live on $1,300 a month when I was in my twenties. Right. right exactly. <laughs> so it's like, that's, that's very real. And that's like a certain chapter. And at some point that chapter will end. And then maybe the 1300s will be called somewhere else, or maybe that will go back into our retirement fund, you know, but really like being attuned. And that's something that I think is so powerful. And what you're saying is it sounds like you're, you've been attuned and true to yourself in actually like building your practice and your schedule to suit your needs rather than trying to wrap your life around a practice with right. a rigid schedule. Right. And you're asking me some of the ways that the mindset shifts have impacted me. So I was just thinking yeah. about even like, I'm able to listen to my desires, not just mm-hmm. my overwhelm, right? Not just like, yes. oh no, I'm overwhelmed. I need to change something, but I can listen to my desires about my business, mm-hmm. right? Just like I'm teaching my clients to be able to like, they can listen to their desires. Yes. Right. Isn't it nice to practice what we preach? So great. Feels good. And then you're like, I just want to share it. I want to share it with everybody. (laughs) So Catherine, what do you want to get more clarity on in our conversation today? Well, I feel like I got so much out of the money skills for therapists program. And now I'm kind of, that's enabled me to move to the next level Mm, of my business. So I'm starting a coaching program next week and we'll be up leveling my business and adding coaching and programs and stuff. So that will be a whole new thing to do. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so there's, yeah. Lots more to consider there. So it sounds like you've, you've built out kind of your foundation and now you're able to like expand from it. Right. Okay. So tell me about what's coming. What are some of the things you anticipate that'd be helpful for us to think about together? So one thing is I just incorporated to be an S corp the end of last year. And that was a nightmare updating EINs and like everything. So I I'm like, well, at least I won't have to do that for insurance panels now. So it should be easier for a coach. Like it should be way easier that side for something else. We don't know. This is the first year that we've had the taxes from that, like Mm. how much of a tax advantage that is, or how much I need to be making there for that to be a tax advantage. And I'm not sure if I end up scaling that back a little bit how that might affect that decision or if there's a way to change that designation or if there's any point that I need to think about that or kind of how to keep tabs on that um, as something I'll need to be. Because your your therapy practice is now an S-corp, but you may be, you'll be scaling back that work in order to start the coaching work. Right. And right now it's only by, you know, a few clients, but Um, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know if that will change more in the future. Yeah. And do you know kind of what container, like what kind of corporate structure you're thinking of for your coaching business? I was assuming I would need to start with just LLC sole prop and then move into S Corp if it's when, and if it's making enough to do that. Okay. So you'll be running that one as a sole prop with an Mm -hmm. LLC. Okay. So, and for Canadians listening, I should say that means that there's like some legal protection as an entity, but you still get taxed as an individual person. It sounds like they're there is like some math there that could be interesting as you're anticipating. What is your ultimate vision with the coaching? Like, do you envision yourself being a therapist and a coach at the same time? At this point? Yes. I don't know if at some point I will decide I like that so much more and it's hard to do both. But at this point, I love my one-on-one clients and doing that work. So I'm going to try to hang on to that if I can. Um, And at this point, I'm just going to try to split it. And then we'll see kind of once I get into coaching stuff, how that goes. Okay. Yeah. So right now for the foreseeable future, you're, you're going to keep being a therapist. Right. And like we had talked about in money skills for therapists, my goal is to be the main breadwinner for our house. So this is part, I mean, I wanted to do this anyway, just because I want to do it. You know, I'm ready for the next thing. I want to reach more people, but it will also, I'm keeping that in mind that I do need to be mindful of the, (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, how much money I'm making there. Yes. This is not just like a fun little side thing for you. Like you, right. this is the money right. that supports your family. Okay. So thinking about your next steps with the coaching then in terms of finances, like I am hearing there's this question mm-hmm. about like the S corp and will that start right. to be an issue? So right. that's one where I'm actually going to suggest that you keep in communication with your accountant about that. Right. Yeah. Start to say like, are there, are there right. certain lines where if I cross them, like in this way, you might be crossing them going down instead of right. up. <laughs> Right. Is there a certain point where I need to think about changing anything? Can I even change anything? Because mm-hmm. S Corp gives you a tax advantage. S Corp is a certain type of incorporation for Canadians. Um, it's like us incorporating in Canada and it gives you a tax advantage, but it also like, does it cost money to maintain? I'm actually not even sure about that. Or does it just cost money? To it set does. Up? Yeah. Okay. It okay. does. Mm-hmm. So it'll be weighing out. Just a little bit. And it's more just because it's more work to send in and yes. do paperwork for it. Yes. I know for me too, like being a corporation now, I pay more to my accountant for taxes. It's like everything's mm-hmm. a little more when you have a certain structure. Okay. So right. that's something to just like keep an eye on, but it also sounds like that's a future problem. Like it's not like yeah. you're planning to have your therapy income next week. So you're scale- kind of scaling one down a little so you can scale the other one up. Right. What about on the the coaching side of the building up? What are you noticing are some like financial questions or challenges, systems, pieces with that? Oh, I have not even like gotten there enough. I mean, there'll be the, how much do I charge? And yes, how much time am I putting into it for value, right? Like how much of my time do I have to put into how frequently I'm touching base with everyone in the program, right? And what that looks like and everything. So that'll be partly a financial and time (laughs) calculation. Yes. Yeah. And that's always an interesting thing when you're building something new, right? And especially in your case, do you have clarity on like how much you do need to be earning per month for supporting your family? Not enough. And that's something that is better partially from going through money skills for therapists is that I have less shame and I have more clarity about money so that I'm able to collaborate with my husband better, Mm -hmm. but he enjoys the money stuff so much more that he is the keeper of our finances. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And he loves it so much that he makes it unnecessarily complicated (laughs) in my view. It's too complicated for me. Yeah. And so that's where the collaboration comes of like, if I have enough understanding of what I'm doing. So like I ended up going to use the spreadsheet for, I tried using YNAB at the beginning. And then I was like, the spreadsheet is going to work much better for me. And that has worked so much better. And then I can just keep track of what's in front of me for my business. And he can keep track of where that goes for our family after that. So that's kind of how you've divided. And then he tells me about it. We have meetings about it, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. You do have meetings. Exactly. You divided that financial labor. Cause that's, I think something to think about as you start to step into coaching. And this is like that transitional piece Mm -hmm. of what is kind of your safe number that you need to be earning for home. Right. That's also going to give you the foundation to not have financial stress. Mm -hmm. So you can like be creative over here. sounds like right now, kind of your husband probably has those numbers in his head and in his right. beautiful, complicated spreadsheets. Maybe they're not beautiful, yes. they're complicated. No, they're beautiful as are well. They, okay, they yeah. are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they're color-coded and like love cool and like lovely and big and yes. they're beautiful spreadsheets. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> because that that piece, there's a number there and there's also an emotional piece of like what that needs to be for you to be okay. And I guess that's a question, right. kind of thinking about making this step. Do you feel like there's enough money at home? Is there wiggle? Like emotionally, do you have a sense of right. what's happening with your money at home? There is enough money at home. It's been a little bit deflating that inflation has happened at the same time I'm making more. So like, yes. it's nice because I don't feel as pressured because right. I am making more, Okay, but I don't feel like I have as much wiggle room as I was hoping mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that. Right. Because everything's yes. just more expensive. Totally. So you're so, earning more, but everything costs right. more. Okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. But yeah. I am still making two to $3,000 more a month than I was before. Wow. So okay. 
That's yeah. a big difference. It is a big difference. That is a big difference. <laughs> okay. So thinking about then maybe the financial piece of coaching and expanding, do you have a sense of what you want to be regaining by starting to move in, into coaching away from therapy? Are you trying to earn back time? Is it about expanding your impact? Like, tell me what what's making you drawn to to expanding beyond beyond therapy? Mostly expanding my impact. There are, I don't know, messages or things that I want to get out that are very close to my heart that I really feel so limited sometimes that like with that part of it, it being just one by one hour by one person, you know, and that there's more that I'd like to be able to share and impact. So that is most of the impetus for that. Okay. Yeah. It's about your reach, which I love because I feel like that is a very creative place to come into expansion rather than like. I need to make more, which can be, I need to make more can be very motivating, but it can also be stressful. Right. This seems more like an opening for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think I will appreciate the extra time that I have in my day to put into that because that does give me more space to just be and have creative space that's Mm -hmm. not just interactive all the time. So there will be more space, which is nice. Okay. So that sounds like that's part of the equation too, which, which you already kind of mentioned before, but it's like starting to like work with groups or have a program so that Mm -hmm. it's not just right. It's less of your individual time, more like group impact. Right. Yeah. And I am curious, since we're on the topic, what yeah. is your topic that's close to your heart? Because I feel like for therapists listening, I'm sure lots of people yeah. have their topic that they love. What is yours that you're going to be expanding into coaching? So the big picture is just coming home to yourself. Yeah. My What I'm planning for my coaching program is specifically for ex-evangelicals to be able to trust their desires. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my overall counseling practice has been like helping people pleasers and victims of relational abuse be able to come home to themselves. Okay. And then this is my like for now specific niche for my coaching program. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like what has lined up to allow you to now step into making this program, doing this work? So your program is one of the big things, the salary play sheet that you have for understanding like what happens with how much you want to make and what your current rates are, what your rates need to be and how many hours you need to work and what your expenses are, all of that kind of figured in together. That's what led me to raise my rates by $50. So I went from 125 to 175 and that was a big deal and it took some processing. And I have also recently just started only taking new self-pay clients. So I'm working my way. I got off of most insurance panels. I still have some through Headway, but just to keep current clients that I really wanted to be able to keep. But any new clients have been self-pay only. Doing that then has allowed me to make more than I was even anticipating when I was going through the program and how much I wanted to make so that I can have space and be making enough to be able to start something new and have enough time for that. Right. So it's given you like the spaciousness to build something different. I like that so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have two kids, they're young, they're toddlers. And so yes, I feel like my work environment needs to be restful and it needs to be really manageable so that I can be really present with them too. There isn't go home and relax and just process stuff that has to come during work time. (laughs) So that's been a lot of the motivation too, of like how to make this work for me and my family. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that time is very precious. Right. That's something that I, I think about a lot lately. Cause I, I have a son just a little older than yours. I think my son is three. These are very precious years that you don't get back. I mean, we never get any time back of course, but right. especially right. like your children's child. when they really want to be around yeah, you all like the time. <laughs> a childhood is short. Right. Right. And something yeah. that I um, heard recently that really struck a chord with me is you might be living your normal adult life, 
but for your children, this is their only childhood. This is the only one they get. And that like really, really struck home with me. Just like thinking about that, like childhood is short and it's so, it shapes us so profoundly. Right. Yeah. And so as parents, we have this opportunity to really make space for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mostly just wanted to say like how impactful your program was to make all these changes and get me to the next place. Like even just getting through your program helped me get through money feeling overwhelming to like, I can do this. Yes. And that enabled me to get through the battle with insurance companies and changing my EIN and getting off some insurance companies and them just like dropping clients on the blue. And I mean, it was just a whole big nightmare. I was able to feel like I don't have to feel overwhelmed by this. I can do this. That experience of experiencing that three-year program is what helped me be able to do that in other settings too, which has been really, really huge. Yeah. To reflect kind of what I've seen of your growth from you know the outside is like, I remember you thought for a long time before joining Money Skills. Like we oh, yeah. were in touch like a couple times, right? Like, like six, like a, whole I think, year, like a year before. Yeah. Yeah. COVID had just hit when I yes. wanted to join. And I was like, I have a little one I'm pregnant and it's COVID. There's no way I can do this right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I wanted to at some yeah. point. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And so you kind of touched base a couple of times and then you, you joined the program and I'm curious, like having done this work, like I'm hearing it's opened up the space for you to expand. It's it sounds like it's increased confidence, like your ability and like maybe resilience, stick with itness. Yes. To get through like these hard right. things like insurance that can be so, so such oh. a headache and so discouraging. Yes. yes. Right. I got to the point of doing my finances is just like putting in my notes. It just yeah. feels like a regular part of my day. Neutral. And there's still parts of that that I want to add into, right? Yeah. Like those key indicators that you talked about with another guest yes. and, you know, yes. some other things that I'd like to expand and more collaborative meetings with my husband. So like, we're really on the same page, but there's so much more space there mm-hmm. and there's the opportunity to add those things in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I feel like I have a good foundation. Absolutely. But I'm curious, like having done this work and having built these skills, how do you see yourself differently? as a business owner and, and as a person feel much more capable instead of before, I think I was leading with a part of me that just felt like this is the only way to do it and feeling really overwhelmed and stuck to like, no, I can be calm and capable and just think through this. I don't have to be overwhelmed by it. I can figure this out, even if it's really hard and it takes a long time. And these people are obstructionistic and like, I can still do this. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that capability, like the image that I'm getting me say is like, now you're like solid, you're solid in yourself. And now you're able to use the solidness to like expand. Like it's almost like a yeah. tree, you know, like yeah. growing out mm-hmm. of the ground. I'm curious what has changed in your life? Even maybe things that are like, were like a little bumpy or difficult. What's changed mm-hmm. around you by you making these changes and doing this work on yourself? So much, but I don't know necessarily what tangibly, mm-hmm. I mean, just little things also from my therapy work of just being able to show up more and be myself and be able to share that with the world. Yeah. So that's like my nose ring that I got after oh, like yeah. years and years of wanting nice. one. And I was like, Love I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I did get some of the responses that I was like, you know, worried about, but that was okay. Cause yeah. I wanted it. Right. <laughs> yes. And I had a, a, one of my best therapist friends told me a few months ago, just that she could see the changes in me, which was really encouraging, just the difference in just my whole being. So part of it is like, I'm also this, uh, this journey of coming home to myself more and more. Right. And just even this past week had this sense of like, okay, I am, I've really like put online and connected my brain, my heart, my voice, my gut, and 
um, my inner wisdom. And that is part of that feeling solid, right? And feeling like, okay, I have what I need and I can figure it out and I can handle what whatever is in front of me, which is really amazing. Yeah. And I, I feel that difference in you too, just in the way that you hold yourself. And I do remember you saying very specifically at the point, because in your case, like what part of what you identified, like you said, is you needed to raise your fee, right? Which not everybody does identify that, but in your case, that Mm -hmm. was part of your picture. And Mm -hmm. I do remember you talking about how, when you did raise your fee and started showing up to those sessions at that higher Mm -hmm. fee, right? like how much more like confident you were and like clinically Mm -hmm. present by charging more money. And I'm curious if you could speak any more to that experience of like what it feels like to charge for you, what it felt like to go from 125 to 175. Yeah. I mean, I remember at the time I just felt like I was on fire. Like, yes, I'm doing it. This is great. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's even now to just be kind of normal at this point, but also there's a lot of, I'm a very cut to the chase person and I'm just much more like, this is what's essential. I am going to see this type of client that really fits me and I can really help. And like, I am happy to charge that much because we are doing amazing work, right? Like even in a few sessions, people will be like, you changed my life. And I'm like, I hardly did anything, but they already, you know, it's just that synergy and that amazing like therapy magic, right. That (laughs) comes out and it's just really incredible. So yeah, there's a lot more satisfaction there and fulfillment Mm -hmm. and confidence, right? And that if this isn't working, it's not necessarily something I'm doing. It's not a good match. And that's okay to say that. Mm. And it's okay to stick to what I need and make that space for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that it's kind of stopped you from personalizing when therapy doesn't work because it sounds like you really know now because you're charging that higher fee, you know who you serve. Like you've got clarity around who you serve and also the impact, like changing somebody's life in a couple sessions for like, what would that be? Like $350, $525, your life has changed. That's a good deal. Right. (laughs) That's a very good deal. It is a good deal. And so that's, that's interesting to hear because before it makes me curious, were you personalizing more and were you kind of seeing folks who weren't a fit or weren't really in your niche? I was a little bit, I don't, I think I was still honing my niche. Yeah. Right. And then like, once I knew what that was or what that felt like, and then it's like, okay, Megan's one of the people that has given me permission to yes. be myself in sessions. Yes. And yes. I'm doing that more. Yes. And really that like that relationship with me and the client is so important. And it's mm-hmm. okay for that to be important to how it feels mm-hmm. to me as well yes. as how it feels to the client. And to me better for the client it feels good to me too. Instead of I'm just enduring this, like I'm just here to support them, this blank slate thing, right? Like I just, right. yeah, that is part of like I'm moving away from that for myself and I'm moving away for that for clients. It makes a big difference. Yeah. And that's yeah. Megan Meganson you're referring to. Yeah. I should say for folks listening, who is a, <laughs> a business coach and one of my business besties who's brilliant and encourages us to show up as ourselves. It's her, her program I'm about to start. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So by showing up as who you are, it sounds like that. I mean, that also sounds right. like it connects right back to your coaching that you're gonna be offering, like coming home to yourself, mm-hmm. like letting yourself be yourself, nose ring and all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's taken a lot of courage even to say like, I can offer something for evangelicals in a very evangelical place. Mm. There's a lot of people that I love that are still in that culture and I don't want to offend them. But at the same time, I need to be able to hold that space and say like, this is how it's impacted me. And this is how it impacted others. And I need to have space to help them heal. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like you are also having to kind of maybe be a bit countercultural or go against the grain a bit doing what you're doing, where you're doing it, which you're living in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah. Northwest Florida. Northwest Florida. Okay. Yes. Southern Alabama. Yes. So, (laughs) which I think when, when we're in those situations as well, we need to be even more in ourselves 
right? Mm -hmm. Like to have that solidity because people might not always like what you do, right? Or family members or friends might not always be that enthusiastic or supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with this work that you've done on yourself, like the money work and, you know, showing up with yourself as yourself more as a therapist and I'm assuming that the coming home to yourself also expands to your life. I'm curious, Catherine, like what feels possible or is possible for you now that wasn't before you did this work on yourself? I mean, expanding into coaching for sure. And having a practice that I really love and really works for me. Yeah. The the thing I'm still trying to figure out is like my schedule is not currently working for me, but that will be sorted at some point. Yeah, that's fixable. <laughs> yes. But other than that, like I have the power to make it work for me, however I need it to work for me. Mm. So, yeah. And what do you think might happen in your life because of this? Where do you see yourself going? Who knows? The sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Is that your final answer? It's like just sky's the limit. It could be anything. Yeah. I Are there any things that, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're, you're kind of stepping into this because something that I, I noticed, I mean, I guess part of my reason for asking that question is I think sometimes when we are small, like when we keep ourselves small, when we don't want to offend, when we're tight around money, I think that really connects to that smallness and scarcity right. and um, not trusting ourselves. Our futures can also feel small, right? Because it's like, this is it. This is what I know. Right. And like what I'm, what I'm hearing is for you at this point with this work that you've done, you don't even anything could happen. Right. <laughs> I still have to be able to step into expert status. I'm still working on that, yes. but I definitely don't feel any imposter syndrome. I don't feel any like sense of that. I I'm just following the next step. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yeah. Catherine, for folks who are listening, who might be relating to you and who are thinking about taking maybe their first step of like starting to work on their money, maybe joining money skills for therapists, right. what would you say to them? It's life-changing and I think you should do it. And I know I had heard a bunch of people say that and I was like, I don't know, will it be, it's worth it. And I had just come off of a really bad coaching experience. Mm. And so I was more hesitant, I think, than normally I'm just like, sounds great. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I appreciated you took the time and space and were just present with me and just treat me like a person, right. And saw me even before I was in the program. And that was really helpful. Like I knew I enjoyed working with you mm-hmm. and that meant a lot to me. Right. So it was like, well, even if I don't get a whole lot of the program, I'm going to get that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I got so much more, so, so much more. And what enabled you, I'm curious to take that step to kind of like get off the fence right? Like I'm hearing, you could tell that personally we'd be a fit working together, which is so important, right? Cause like coaching is like therapy. Not everybody's going to be a fit for you. Right. So in your gut, you're going to get a sense, but I am curious, like what tipped you over into joining? What made you finally take that leap? I think I knew one, I had the time and space to do it a little bit more because the pandemic wasn't quite so pressing where I could actually be in the office and even have like lunch to myself. And I knew that I was expanding what I was doing and I needed support to figure that out. Like, cause even at that point, like I knew I needed to change something with my fees or clients or something like I was feeling anytime I feel too like pressured, like there's too much and I need to make space. I'm like, okay, that means some sort of policy change is sometimes it's time to change something. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so that was part of, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, right thing, right time, I think is, is important, right? Like things opened up the pressure had become enough that you were motivated to do something. And so you jumped in and joined us. Well, thank you so much, Catherine, for joining me today. It's been wonderful. And I'm so excited to see what offers you're coming going to come up with over the next like year or so. Yeah, me too. Thanks. It was so great to talk to you, Lindsay.
in my interview with Catherine, what really stuck out for me is even in an embodied way, how different Catherine is now from when I first met her and before she started doing kind of the more practical pieces around money. Like she mentioned in the interview, she had already done some mindset work around money for sure when she started working for me. And there are certainly things that she had already done and like wonderful mindset work that she had done through, as she mentioned, listening to Tiffany McLean's The Money Sessions podcast, which if you are not listening to, I definitely recommend. So she had already made some moves around money, but when I first met her, she was very kind of tight around money and her systems. She felt like there was one right way to do it. She didn't feel like she could learn how to do it her way. And noticing the difference now in her body and of course also in like the things she's talking about and saying, you know, like when I asked her, what does this make possible for you? And she was like, sky's the limit. It's like, you know, the vastness of her sense of her future, but also just her groundedness and her presence. And just, she's more herself than I think she was when I first met her through this very practical work that she's done around money and the mindset work that she's done around money. It just makes me feel so good to talk to a grad and just see how their life has been transformed around money. Um, And as Catherine says, if this is work that you're thinking about doing, what you're going to get out of it is often so much more than you think because those practical pieces around money and how we get tight and small and unsure and how much it undermines our confidence when we don't know how to make money work for us is often limiting what is possible for us so much more than we realize. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at money nuts and bolts. We're sharing free practical and emotional content around money on there all the time. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please jump over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It is like so helpful to get more therapists who want to hear these conversations connected with the podcast. Thanks for listening today.